Hey everybody, what's going on here? Back again on What's the Trend? And today we're going to talk about the latest trends today in design, business, and human behavior with the one and only Jake Bjursoth. And for the people who never uh, heard about this podcast before, because I'm sure Jake is going to share this or um, I don't know what's going to happen. But if you have never heard about me before, my name is Nicholas Polito. I'm a self-taught brand designer and entrepreneur. And also for this season here, the podcast host on this show, What's the Trend, where we talk about facts, we talk about honest things in business design to bring some awareness to the things that matter for you to spot some of those trends. So give it up for Jake Bjorsoff. And uh, let's see how this goes. He has an amazing company. Where we're, what are we going to talk about? And he sure knows a lot of things about business. So tune in, buckle in, and enjoy the show. So this is episode 027 with Setting the Trend with Jake Bjorsoff. And you're going to uh, see what that means in a couple minutes. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so and share this because I believe this amazing stud is going places. He knows what he's talking about. And um, yeah, leave us a five-star review. And as a matter of fact, the rankings got screwed. The reviews uh, and, and so if you did like, hate this episode and you're a hater on the podcast, give it five stars. And you, if you love it, give it five stars as well. That That's pretty much in the system how this goes. So, uh, anyways, let's just not waste any minute of this valuable time of yours. Enjoy what you're doing, and let's set the trend with Jake Bjorsoff. See ya in a minute. So, back again here on the podcast, and today, uh, trend spotters, that's how we call you guys, uh, I get a tweet for you with one amazing start here in business. Jake Bjorseth. Is, is, is that how I pronounce it, Jake? Yeah, that's right. I mean, any, I mean, really anything. We uh, call it call good for the pronunciation. I'm not even sure what's right. <laughs> and, and you have an amazing company that's called, has a very unique name. What is your company called, Jake? Yes. Yeah, so um, we're actually called Trendsetters Media. And uh, the Trendsetters is without vowels something that we saw as sort of just a way to be unique. And oddly enough, you know, I got invited on this podcast show called what's the trend. And I knew I had to take it right away. And so it's yeah. great. I, I love your audience, the uh, trend spotters as well. Um, we're sort of in a similar mindset as a company goes, trying to spot those trends for our clientele um, as well as internally as a company. Uh, but but I assume because your your company is called Trendsetters Media, you must be sort of setting a new trend, right? Or what's it, what was? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, yes, so we're basically trying to change the digital marketing game within Kansas City to start. Um, and I can obviously go in depth in this later on, but. Our main thing has been always rearranging our company to fit our clientele best. And so I think we're about to go up on our, our, our previous rebrand, which our new site will go live by the end of the week, actually. Um, our, our sort of new rebrand has been our third within the past year. And so we've always been continually setting trends within the industry and for our clientele and always changing up what we do in order to stay on top and stay you know ahead of the game. Okay, that sounds awesome. So now before we're going to uh, get into your personal background, you mentioned something very important, a rebrand. And I do this myself all the time. And I would like to ask you, because my audience is like, hey, what's the purpose of a rebrand? Why do you think it's, it is important at times to rebrand yourself and put yourself in a different direction? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of reasons. And, and the first is obviously being able to position yourself for a better placement. Now, whether it's from a company standpoint or a personal standpoint um, in, your, in your instance or, or with your company, um, it's, it's important on both sides. And for the company, it's more of a sense of showing your clients that you are willing to change and do what is best for them. And also showing your team members that, hey, this is the company. And a lot of times, and you know, initially was, I was the co-founder or the founder. 
And here I was changing and rebranding the company based off of what our team members were saying. So it shows that, yes, I'm willing to change and hear you out and listen to you and completely change up our company in order to listen to our team members and our clientele. And I think that speaks volumes toward, towards your overall brand as a company. And then from a personal mindset, rebranding, I think it's important because it, it sort of allows you to put yourself within a space as well as, in your case, showing your audience that you're, you're going to change and you're going to do what's best in order to provide them the most value. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's very important. So now let's get back into your background. So I guess a lot of people wouldn't notice that from the podcast or if they didn't make any research on you, but you're 19 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're pretty young start, pretty young, successful startup entrepreneur. Now, why is that? What makes you so different? Because when you talk to most 19 years old, there's like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get high. I'm just going to drink. I'm just going to party, all that stuff. What you hear about? I mean, more power to these people. Everybody has their own timeline. But what makes you such an early riser in business? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to grow up within an environment, both within my house, within my local um, environment, schools, whatever it may be that sort of allowed me to succeed. And obviously we live in an age that it's really easy for young entrepreneurs to get started because the barrier to entry is so much minimal with the, it's so much more minimal with the internet. And so in my area alone, there are tons of young entrepreneurs around my age. Some, some are kind of the, the fake entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's drop shipping or just kind of selling apparel on the side. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but basically my main thing is the barrier to entry here and in the environment that we live in is very minimal. And then the second thing is that um, sort of just a drive. Um, I get to the point where I basically this business and my entire business mindset is on my mind 24 seven. When I was 16 years old, I was developing um, a homeless software management system um, my team and I ended up placing fifth at Global Hack um, and winning some money from that. And then we actually talked with a lot of nonprofits in Kansas City to sort of hopefully implement this homeless management software. We ended up getting to a corporate meeting with United Way, one of the biggest nonprofits um, in the country. And we were here, I was 16 years old with me and my buddies. Um, and we were in a meeting with all these executives and board members and, and decision makers, really. And so ever since then, it's sort of just been a confidence thing where, you know, I've certainly had my failures, you know, more failures than successes really, but it's, you take one step forward and you sort of get that confidence on yourself. And then that sort of inspires and drives you to, to go for more. And we, we sort of have a mindset here um, called memento mori and it's Latin for the acceptance of one's death. And our, our sort of, thinking of that is of that definition is that if you know and accept that you will die one day, then what are you doing every day in order to, you know, make the most of your short time here on earth. And so that's, that's something that is sort of an internal drive for me as well as our team. Um, and now it's at to the point where my drive, as far as a night being a 19 year old goes, um, staying away from those sort of other external things that you mentioned and sort of the drive within the company has now become, now that I have team members on board, now it's up to me in order to get them to a level um, where they are in a similar spot as me, where they are learning and experiencing the things they need to do. And so now I have that accountability where people are relying on me and people expect things from me. Um, and I'd really recommend for any, you know, young entrepreneurs or even older to put that accountability where you are consistently working for others, because when it's not for yourself, then you don't have a choice. You know, when you have to get up at 7am and then work till midnight, because it's for other people, you don't really have a choice there. And that's sort of the position I put myself in. Um, and that's been, you know, great for the past two or three years for me. Well, that's because I've been doing it myself as well, because like when you're alone and you're like, kind of like, there's no, there's no accountability there. You don't have any commitments. You mm -hmm. think, yeah. You, you could say like, yeah, man, uh, I'm not feeling it. But if there are is something there, if, if you have an appointment, if you have a commitment to other people, 
to an audience, it's a whole different story because nobody wants to be like, hey, man, this is jackass. He didn't come through. So really, uh, yeah, I think that's a good advice there. Yeah, but, exactly. But uh, I have a question here. I mean, you're 19 years old, man. How do you get that mindset of, I mean, sure, it is easy. It is easier because of the internet, because of social media, because of all these things. I agree on that. But how do you get that mindset to really get into the business sheen, to be, really get involved as an entrepreneur? How, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you develop that at a young age? Because I'd be honest, uh, at 19 years old, I was not that advanced because I'm 21 right now and it took me a while to figure it out. But how do you get that mindset? Because, I mean, you said with 16 or 17 years old, you got, you got started at some point. But how do you develop that? Yeah, so I would say it's two things that are ironically sort of counterintuitive to each other. But if you combine them, they actually work perfect. And the first one is dreaming big, having a huge vision, you know, going for the moonshot, um, sort of really visualizing where you want to be in two, three, four, five, ten, twenty. 50 years. Um, and if you do that, then having that alone isn't going to do it because you can't, you can't say, Oh, I want to be Elon Musk one day because there's nothing you can do in the next hour, the next day, even the next probably 10 years, that's going to get you to that level. And so what you have to do is have that large vision and then sort of pair it with the day by day mindset of, okay, what can I do today? That's going to work towards that long run goal. And that's something that we, do internally as a company. I used to always, um, my, my old co-founders used to always bug me about this, but we'd be in conversations and I'd tell them, you know, think bigger. You always have to think bigger. Don't think just, just here, always think bigger and then reverse engineer what I can do that specific day. What I what can I do in this instant? That's going to work me towards that goal. And so having the long run vision, then reverse engineering that down to a day by day, um, hustle and grind um, in order to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are some, some very impressive stuff there, right there. I mean, you're probably this far, one of the most intellectual person people I've talked to on this podcast, no offense guys, but the point is, uh, how do you develop yourself on a daily basis? Because like, I mean, obviously you can, um, go through books, podcasts. How do you educate yourself in, in because I mean, so many things change on a daily basis and how do you stay on top of everything? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely not one. And, and first I would say I'm not really intellectually sound, you know, within school, I was always an average student. Um, and even within entrepreneurship and within business meetings, I don't pick up things the fastest and I'm, I'm not like a sort of genius with, with even the work that we do for our clients. I mean, my team, my team members, are way smarter than I am and they know how, what they're doing a lot more so than even me. But I guess the thing that I most bring to the table is one, I would say is sort of analyzing every situation. I'm the type of person that will, when I am in, like driving my car, when I'm in the shower, when I'm going to bed, I replay not, not past situations, but I sort of play out these like sort of fantasy conversations. Like I will imagine myself within a meeting with a client trying to sell something or trying or me communicating with my team. My, my, my team knows this. I come in with these sort of, it almost seems prepared speeches, but in reality, I'm just on my way to work in the car thinking, okay, what, what should I tell my team today? Um, and so I guess that's sort of one thing. And then also analyzing each situation and sort of thinking outside the box. We, <clears throat> we sort of get stuck as, you know, within the business environment, we sort of get stuck within the weeds and we think it's either like a, it's sort of a binary, like yes or no. Whereas I like to sort of take a step back and look at it from a higher level and think, what does this mean in terms of a long-term situation? Um, and then the final thing I would say is extract value from every possible situation. Um, people are going to tell you, you need to be reading books, podcasts, um, going and getting mentors, whatever it may be. And I've done all three of those. <coughs> Sorry about that. And more even. But the main thing is always being extract, always putting yourself in a position to extract value. Even a simple conversation with a colleague or a professor or with even with your friend or your family, it doesn't matter. There's always learning experiences around you. 
And you have to consciously take the time to really learn those because, you know, reading a book, listening to a podcast, well, that's great. If you're not actually extracting, extracting the value and trying to find out, applications towards it, then it really doesn't mean much. And you're going to forget about it in the next, next week of the month. So, um, and so I would say, try to find value within every conversation, every, everything you read within a day, try to find a value within it and pair that up with a mindset that sort of turns you into an, a data analyzer where you're always thinking, um, sort of not, not intuitive, you know, sort of think, think against the grain and sort of think outside the box as well. Wow, man. Uh, That's some very impressive stuff you mentioned. Yeah, I absolutely agree on most of the things you said. But my question is this. um, You you mentioned about school, like you were some sort of an average student in school. Like, how was the situation back then? Because you hear a lot of stories. Ah, man, this kid, he was a complete weary. He was crazy. Why does he have these big dreams? Or what environment? How can I, if I met you in high school, what would be my impression of you? What, how, how, where were you back then? So I guess from an external standpoint, if you were to meet me in high school, um, I, I most likely would have been what I refer to as a Jag. And that's just a guy. Um, I sort of fell into the, not the trap, but sort of the, the same mindset. You know, I was worried about, you know, going to the party on the weekend. I was worried about girls. I was worried about, all these different things. And I sort of let, I sort of let my environment pin me down and and put me into, into a certain place. Um, and that's never a good thing. Now in reality, internally, I still had that drive and I was still doing the sort of business things, but externally I wasn't showing that. And so what happened was my senior year of high school, I really started, you know, showing the world exactly what I was doing. And me and one of my old co-founders and longtime business partner and good friend of mine, Kasalwan Kalratna, um, he, he and I basically, our entire senior year of high school, averaged like a 40 or 50% attendance rate because we, we actually, and there's a funny story behind this, we actually made up, we actually made up characters um, to call us out of school. And so one was called like Doug Schweitzer, the VP of operations at some fake company that we made. We made fake websites for it. Um, and we would like email the school and get us called out for like interviews or whatever. And in reality, we were going to like business events downtown, going and meeting with potential clients, doing all those things. Um, and so within high school, I was never a bad student, but I was definitely never interested within my courses. And you can obviously see that within the, the attendance, um, my uh, senior year. Um, and so, so yeah, it's sort of been up until that point, I was never showing, you know, what I'd been working on. And then as soon as I sort of gained the confidence and sort of just had this mindset of, you know what, I really don't care. I mean, I would have to wear suits to school. I would have to, um, show up in the middle of classes wearing a suit and on the phone with like a client or something. And it just became this thing where I really don't care what other people think. I'm going to do what I'm doing um, and just really not give a damn anymore. Um, and so, so that's sort of when it started flipping the change. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a similar experience with that where I was, where I was in high school and I, and I was a sales guy known as a sales guy. And uh, I had some classes going on and the other side I had a client who I was going to sell something and I said, yeah, no, I'm going to get that check. So I made the executive decision. School is just uh, not as important as the money for them to sell. So yeah, mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. But what were there any consequences? Like did the school call you out like, hey man, Jake, I, I don't know what you're doing is right here. Or did, did somebody say, hey man, you do, you do it all wrong, man. Focus on your school thing entrepreneurship is not for you or, or how was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from the school, um, I, oddly enough, they were somewhat supportive of it. They, they obviously couldn't support, you know, missing class all the time, but I was at a point where my, my GPA and my grades weren't suffering too much um, because I saw it as something I need to get done in order to pursue what I actually like to do. So I would actually sometimes prioritize that, you know, just get it out of the way. Um, and so after I sort of explained the situation, they, they weren't worried too much and it was like my senior year. So, you know, it's, it's sort of infamous that high school seniors just sort of do whatever they want. Um, but 
I guess sort of some pushback has been obviously from the older generations that sort of find such value within a college degree and not saying that I'm strictly opposed to that or even that I won't go out and get one down the road, but it's just, I prefer to do what I enjoy within the moment. And I'm at a position where, you know, I understand that what I have going for me right now, um, I'm very fortunate to have going for me and that I have to take advantage of it right now. And so as I explain that, and I sort of have not like I sort of show um, others the emotional side of it and they can sort of understand a reason with it. And it gets to the point where, like I said earlier, you know, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for yourself. You, you can't make decisions based on what other people think, even if it's, even if it's your, if it's your best friend or your, your parents or anyone really, you know, you have to make the best decision for yourself. And so that's been something for me where I've sort of taken on that mindset of, yeah, I'm taking your advice and I'm hearing you out, but ultimately this is going to be, you know, my decision and I'm going to listen to myself before anyone else. Um, and so, so that's, that's sort of the best way to combat that, I would say. Mm -hmm. Now, you seem like uh, you're very aware of who you are. So were you always that, that entrepreneurial minded, like growing up as a kid or did that develop over time? Because you hear those stories like, yeah, man, you're, you're born as an entrepreneur or you're not. And you have those experiences early on. And how was your situation with that? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if anyone's actually born as an entrepreneur or not. I think we had a past conversation sort of talking about this, but um, there's definitely sort of a mindset that goes along with it. It's not necessarily a mindset tied to business or sales. You know, you hear of people, you know, trying to make money when they're 10, 12 years old, but I don't think it's necessarily tied to that at all. And I don't think there's one or two attributes, but for me personally, it was competitiveness. I was... In first grade, I would take recess the most seriously, like kickball. I would start yelling at kids to get in position and to, to kick it farther and to make sure we, I'd be like calling plays and stuff. And that sort of just lasted throughout my entire, you know, youth. Um, and even up until today where I can't even play basketball with my little brothers and not try to go out there and give it my all. Um, You know, and obviously with maturity, that sort of slims down to a more situational standpoint. But I would say for me, it was a, it was more of a competitive drive. It was never entrepreneurship. Um, I, and I never even thought about being an entrepreneur until a few years ago. Um, and growing up, you know, I thought, oh, I want to be a doctor or, oh, I want to go into like sports management. I want to be a coach or something. Um, but the, the mindset was definitely there, but I never would, I never I guess if you were to look back on me, no one would ever be like, oh yeah, he, he wants to be an entrepreneur. He's going to be an innovator and do great things um, within that space. Um, and so I guess the fallacy of you're born an entrepreneur or not is, is in a sense false, but I would say the mindset can be taught, but it's super hard to apply. And there are some people that the way they are built and the way they respond, you know, if, if they're fully open to change, you know, maybe they can become an entrepreneur if they truly put all their effort into it and just absolutely work their ass off. But a lot of times it's not going to happen. And so, no, it's not necessarily you're born an entrepreneur or you're not, but it's definitely some people have the capabilities that others simply don't. And that's not a bad thing at all. I think something that's super overlooked within our, you know, the new entrepreneurship environment that is so positive and sort of faming entrepreneurs is we forget about the number two, the number three, the number 10, the number 100 within these companies. And those are the people that actually make the difference and get the, get the job done, you know? Um, and so I like to see down the road more emphasis put on those people um, as well as, you know, I think the goal of, People should not be to figure out if they're an entrepreneur or not, but to, to simply find out where their passions are and what fits them best. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So entrepreneurship, as you know, it's it's currently trending and everybody wants to become one. We can all agree on that. And I, because it, it may, may seem like we all want the outcome, yet few are willing to put it to the work. So what is actually necessary to say, okay, man, This kid, he wants to start a business. He wants to become an entrepreneur. He wants all that stuff. What does he need to know or what would you tell him 
when he starts his business, what he needs to be aware of. Like, hey, man, dude, you need to get some skills. You need to get the knowledge. What is it? What is important? What What's the most important part here? Yeah, I actually love this question because um, me and a couple of buddies on my team are actually starting to record ourselves within our conversations and meetings because ultimately what we want to do is a year or two years from now, compile that into either a book or, or whatever medium, documentary even maybe, um, and then provide that and sh- show people what it actually was. Um, yeah, and, and it looks like on the ground. Yeah. So I would say shoot. I mean, there's never, there's never a, a, a one, a one size fits all answer, but I would say the number one thing is persistence and always being able to do what it takes in order to get the small victories. Um, we've, I've always, I mean, within the past year of our company's growth, I was always thinking, okay, if this one thing happens, then we're going to be here. And then, and then this one thing will happen and then we're going to be here. And before you know it, we're going to be at this, this large company. But the matter of fact is there are so many external variables that you just can't. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you can prepare for them all. So you have to be able and, and adapt to change. And, and that's sort of what being a trend spotter and, and a trendsetter is. And so being able to sort of adapt to change and being absolutely persistent. I mean, always being persistent within your capabilities and ability to change and the positioning of that. And along with that, being just persistent on the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month grind that is entrepreneurship. I'm telling you right now, in our year of existence, I would, you, you could honestly, if you were to talk with me every single month, Next month, if you were to talk to me, I would say, oh, we were in a horrible, horrible position then. You know, now we're doing great. And I would say the same thing every month because it's always you make such large strides, but it takes it takes way longer and it's a lot harder than you could ever imagine. And so if you don't have persistence, don't even waste your time starting it because you're going to end up quitting. Um, you, you sort of have to have a workhorse mentality of no matter how long it takes, no matter what work it requires, I'm going to get this done. And you, you have to understand that whatever plan you write out, I would also say that, you know, writing out even a business plan, you know, th- that's sort of good. I would limit it to, you know, you don't, I would say, honestly, just write an executive summary because everything behind your business plan, that's going to go to shit as soon as you put it in the real world. And so I would say you spend less time planning and more time doing and be absolutely persistent within that. Mm-hmm. Now I have a different question. I mean, I just thought about it, like, hey man, that's a good point. Let's ask this guy because like many trans potters on the podcast are not actually entrepreneurs. Sure, we have a lot of bunch of people who are doing big things, uh, I would assume. And uh, what if somebody says, you know what, I, I rather prefer working with an entrepreneur because I have a different specialty. I, uh, I'm a freelancer. I'm this, I'm that. Um, what would you recommend them? Would you recommend a certain industry industry when they're just starting out? What, what is currently booming? Because you're a trendsetter and uh, with your media company, is it a good idea to be a part of a social media agency or, or how would you say, how would you advise somebody to position yourself? What's, what's currently trending? So there's a lot of trending. Um, and internally, we're working on a lot of that. We're actually developing voice apps for our clients um, so they can schedule meetings get, or get access to data in live time. And it will basically come from their Amazon app. It will be able to tell them you know, what the recent um, results of their ad campaigns have been. And then along with that, we're developing augmented reality business cards as well as a, a few sort of visual pieces for our clients within augmented reality. Now I'll tell you AI is another big space, obviously. Um, but, uh, and, and along with that, we're hoping to get in blockchain marketing, um, do some things with crypto, but there, there's all these different sort of avenues. And what you have to understand is each one of them is the right option. They're all right options. But for your trend spotters out there that are trying to decide which one, I would say it really doesn't matter which one because your opportunity is vast within all of them. And I would rather more, I would, I, I would say, honestly, 
go with, with whatever one you personally believe in. Don't spend any time researching, just do whatever you like, whatever space you, you believe in most and you like working in most and go with that. But the most important thing is you have to be a practitioner. You have to be going out and doing it because every second you spend thinking, okay, should I do AR or should I do AI? Should I do blockchain or should I do crypto? Every second you spend thinking about that, someone else out there is going and executing on one or the other. <laughs> so you're wasting time. You know, that, that's all it is. And I talked about this um, with the business plan, you know, scrap the, the rest of your business plan, ex- except for the executive summary. If you want to start an AI company, call it, come up with a name for it, write two sentences about it, say that you're in the AI space and don't worry about anything else about your business because you're going to end up changing so much within the course of three, six, 12 months. And so for everyone out there, for the trend spotters, listen to Nick, listen to the advice that you hear. um, But ultimately just pick one and run with it that you, you like the most Um, because that's the only way you sort of have to turn yourself into a practitioner. You have to just go out there and start doing it. Yeah. So, so I have a different question here because like we're getting right deep into to some some things where people can have um, some really advice and hopefully you, you guys transport us on a podcast, take a piece of paper and a pen and write these things down. So so I know you have a company. So what are you looking for in person when you're recruiting them or hiring them for a position? Like what are some key characteristics or skill sets that you say, hey man, this is what I prefer. This is my standard here. Yeah. So, and and this is a good question actually, because this is great for anyone starting out as an entrepreneur, because this, this is a really important advice because what you have to understand is like I said before, at a certain point, your team will be doing the majority of your workload and dealing with the clients and bringing in the money. And so your job as leader is to bring in the right people and meld that all together. And over the course of the last year, we've had, I would almost say 30 plus people in and out. And now we're at a point where we have a solid team of about eight to 12. Um, a few are, are part-time or simply freelance. Um, and so one characteristic I look at, I guess the first thing is, and this is sort of due to my age and the financial situation that we were in to start was I would only look at if they were interested to work with us or not because if someone believes in our mission and believes in our company and is you know if they're 17 18 19 21 you know whatever years old and they want to work with us that shows me already that they have those characteristics that i'd be looking for because they're choosing to instead of like you said go out and drinking and get high and and do drugs and, and all those other things Instead, they, they're wanting to work with, you know, a startup agency and for, for, for what benefit, maybe experience, whatever it may be, but ultimately they believe in your mission. Um, and so when you're looking for the right people to hire, I would say it has to be people that believe in your company mission. Um, and then number two, and then everything else under that really doesn't matter as much um, because if, if they don't believe in that first part, then the rest is you know, it it really doesn't matter because they're either going to leave you or they're going to try to change you or they're going to try to do these certain things. And so the number one characteristic I look at is do they actually believe in our mission? And then along with that, I look for winners and I don't do a lot of talent recruiting. Um, I, you know, every once in a while I'll go out and try to find certain people for certain positions. Um, but most of the time I let sort of people come to me just because that's sort of the situation, the fortunate situation we're in where so many people want to be a part of this. Um, but when I'm looking at those, um, now that they're interested, now I sort of whittle down to who is a winner. And this can't be defined by who's had the most internships or who has the most entrepreneurship experience or who played the best in their sports in high school or who was popular or whatever. It's just simply a, it's sort of just a gut call um, on my part, which sometimes doesn't always go right. But I, I sort of look at people and understand if they're a winner or if they're not, because winners will always end up on top and they're going to do whatever it takes to get there. And those are the people that you need within your company because they're going to go above and beyond within their work in order to one, get the job done and two benefit the company. Because at the end of the day, there's, 
you know, I relay um, objectives to my team and missions and tasks, but the, the really the, the, mo- the bulk of our growth and the most of it comes from them saying, Jake, what if we did this? And for, for those that aren't winners or for those that, you know, don't try to go above and beyond, they wouldn't say things like that. They're more worried about getting the job done. And they, and they sort of think in that mindset. And so I would say one people that believe in your mission as a company. Um, and then under that, just simply look for winners. Mm-hmm. That's a really good advice right there. Cause, 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 cause I, I'm building a branding agency myself and, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to officially, uh, yeah, incorporated everything in about three months or something like that. So, so obviously, and a lot of people have sent me applications and stuff like that. I'm actively recruiting. And what I've realized is I ran into a couple people who tried to bullshit me. And I'm very direct, honest podcast show. I'm very, I'm like, hey, man, dude, you don't have to oversell yourself here. And, and what are, I mean, what are some key things where you have a bad feeling about a person when you're doing business with or just for, um, bringing on your team where, where what are some of those situations because like we always say like okay man this is what you have to look for but we never say is don't look for this here don't just be aware that that's a red flag right there so what are those flags in your business yeah so i, I really wish i had a better answer for this because if i were able to spot those red flags that would really help us in the past year as well as right now um, but I guess one of the red flags is if they, they immediately come in and try to change a thing or two about your business. I've had people come in that, you know, from day one, they say, Oh, Jake, I don't really know if this is working out. I think we should change it or whatever. And, and it's sort of insulting. And as an entrepreneur, you like to have a closed mind and say, you know, like, Oh, I'm right. But, um, or, or I guess the reverse of it, um, you know, most entrepreneurs are just say, you know, you know, um, simply, well, I guess they simply wouldn't listen to it. Um, but I like to have sort of an open mind. And so I actually take those things into consideration. But when someone tries to come in and change your company or your services or implement things and not really go through the process of it, what it shows is that they're cutting corners. They are more interested in their own self-benefit and more so, and I guess the most important thing is they're not really about the mission of your company because if they were, they most likely wouldn't want to change things so so drastically. Um, and so those are the main things. And then within startups, I would say watch for those that simply chase money. <clears throat> and the reason being, not because um, you know they they expect greater salary or this and that because, you know, people should demand things like that. But when you're a startup, you have to understand that finances are super slim and someone that's going to fiddle with you over their startup or their starting salary or their commission or certain things like that within, you know, within the first uh, signing or within their first month or two, what that shows you is they, are more interested in their own financial benefit than they are the growth of the company. Because in your case, I would put a, a great emphasis on this because if someone comes in and says, you know, Nick, I want to get paid this much and here's what I expect. What that shows you is they're more interested in, in the financial side. And that might not be an issue within your short term, but it's going to become an issue in the long term where they're going to say, Hey, pay me this or I'm out, you know? And so I would say avoiding those, those main things is very important. Mm-hmm. So, so, so some different things here. Obviously, um, someone seems like you have a lot of experience. You're doing your thing. You're winning in the business game. And I am looking forward to what you're doing with this, this amazing company. But you're just 19 years old. And I say that mm-hmm. with an emphasis, not, not like to put it down because I really admire this. This I'm, I'm mm-hmm. basically the same age. I'm 21, but it doesn't matter. Um, how do you handle that age objection in business or in life? Because I near... I know a lot of people say like, Hey man, Nick, I can't start out an entrepreneurship. I'm just too young. I'm 25. I'm 18. I'm this, I'm that. And then you hear these old people who say like, Hey man, you know, it's not as good as as it seems. I'm too old. It's just, uh, it's just not my, my, my business. So how how Mm -hmm. would you approach that, that age objection where so many people put so much value on that, that how, how do you handle that? Or what would you be, what would your advice be? 
Yeah, that's a great, that, that's a great question. And that's something we deal with a lot and something we have to answer internally as a company. What we've done is taken on the mindset of we are going to accept, not only accept our age, we are going to, going to promote that. And so we let everyone know, you know, we put pictures of us on our website, within our content, on social media, within our ad campaigns. Um, we do all those things because we want to, we want to play to it, if that makes sense. Um, and yes, we'll get in, in instances where, you know, a business owner has a negative mindset towards us or simply wants to give us advice. I guess I was in a meeting the other day with um, an older gentleman who, who owned a company um, and he, and he had, had great experience. He had done a lot of great things and that's not to discount anything he's done, but he, it, it turned into the meeting. I was explaining our company and what, what we do exactly. And it turned into him just simply giving me advice on that and sort of telling me that I'm wrong. And sort of because of the age gap, he wanted to strictly give us advice and that he was always right. And he wasn't open to listening simply because of his age. And it got to the point where he was telling me advice on running our company's social media. And that's the point where I backed up and I said, look, man, you know, and, and you sort of have to have the confidence to, to, you know, you have to tell people to back down um, and not worry about the age in those instances. And so what I did, I took a step back and this was in front of all my team who I were, you know, they're all freaking out as soon as I stepped back. And I said, look, you know, you, you've had a lot of great experience and you, you've done a lot of great things. And I'm sure you know exactly what you're talking about. But when it comes to this specific field, or this, this industry, um, or, you know, you, you can frame it however you like. I know exactly. I, I mean, we know what we're talking about. And so you can take our advice or not, but we know exactly what we're doing. Um, and, and, and so that took a lot of courage on my part to sort of talk down a business owner. I didn't want to go into the details of exactly what I said. Um, it wouldn't be uh, safe for air, but, um, anyway, yeah, that, that's sort of one side to it, sort of just being able to have confidence within, within yourself and not back down. And you know what? If, if someone declines your business because of your age, don't try to fight it. Just say, you know what, man, screw you. We don't need your business. Because that's even if you're able to sign that client, it's going to end up being a shitty client. Or if it's customer, it's going to be the same issue. Um, and so, you know, play to your age. And what, what happens more often than not, actually is it becomes actually beneficial towards us. We go into meetings with business owners who say, oh, oh my God, you guys are young. And we, we go, yeah. And they go, oh, well, you guys really must understand social media and, and the work you're doing. And we go, well, well, yeah. So it, it sort of works both ways, but you have, to, you have to play to your age. So even if you're older, play to it. Even if you're younger, play to it. Even with you in the middle, play to it. Because then, then obviously you can say that you have both the experience and the youth. Um, and so, yeah, I would say play to your age, make the most of it. But when it's a negative, simply don't back down. Um, and it, if it's an issue as far as signing client or becoming customer or whatever it may be, if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't matter. You know, just move on to the next one. Don't try to pander and don't get in the argument. If I guess people have asked me before when I go into meetings, you know, what, you know, what experience do you have? And they sort of give me that look. Hey, where, where have you looked? Where have you worked for? Um, what is your experience? Do you even have a degree under your belt? And if they start asking those things, don't even answer them. They don't deserve your time. They don't deserve your, even your, your answers, you know? Um, and so play to your age, but when it becomes a negative, tell people to, you know, they're just F off. So, um, yeah, you, you just uh, uh, gave me an interesting thought because um, actually yesterday, no, no, the two days, two days ago, I was talking to uh, a, a nice young kid, a 25-year-old. He had a really interesting story and a really screwed up life, to put it that way. Mm. And uh, we were debating and, and he's like, hey, man, you know what, Nick? I, and I, just, I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm 25 years old. Um, I, I have a very low-paying job. And if I don't get this job... Uh, I'm going to be end up homeless and uh, I had bad grades in high school and I just have to put myself in a situation where, 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 where I can go to college and get a solid job. And I just said, dude, man, you were a fuck up in high school as far as you told me that and you hate school, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I need to do that. So, so my question is this, where I'm going with this is 
what is your take on on that whole degree situation part? Do people really have to have that? Because this this kid was actually very talented and he wanted to go into game design and, you know, like work with that. And I think it's going to be a big industry like esports and stuff like that, if you know what you're doing. So is that really that much of importance? If I mean, there are a lot of other ways to get that knowledge, like e-courses, books, and all these technical skills. I'm not talking about going strictly into entrepreneurship, but but um, like to educating yourself and finding alternative ways as opposed to go to college. So what's your take on that? Yeah, and that, that's a great question. And, and um, that's something I'm really passionate about, that field. Me and some of my business partners, as well as some other colleagues um, of mine, are actually looking to develop, hopefully down the road, uh, sort of an alternative to college, whether it's built for entrepreneurs or creators or whatever it may be. Um, we're sort of showing people that you don't necessarily need anything to succeed. But I were to say, if you're on that situation of deciding between college or not, or deciding between you know, going back to school or doing a certain thing is not to weight it in terms of, you know, the degree or not the degree, but to weight it in terms of opportunity cost. And the way to look at this is what would I miss out on if I were to go to college? And that's sort of the way I've framed my own decision um, and how I'll continue to frame my decision. And the the second piece is if you aren't going to go to college, then you have to ensure that you are putting yourself in the environment. You're, you're gaining the experience. You're, you're doing the right things to where you would learn either the same amount, if not more. Um, and so, because ultimately, you know, if I were to go, I guess if I were to spend my next five years running this business or instead spend the next five years going to college, when I get out of those five years, you know, I might be in a relatively same spot mentally um, or, or within college, you know, I'm, I might have actually learned a lot more and that's going to matter more to my long-term success than if I were to start a company or not, or, or, or go to college. And so it's more of a sense of what can I do within the next five years to learn as much as possible, experience as many things as possible um, and garner as much experience under my belt um, uh, like I said, as possible. And so for that 25 year old, I would say, you know, ask yourself it, it, when I'm 30 years old, um, what will I, wh- what experience and learning will I have, um, for the college route, um, or the other route? And it's not necessarily an either, or it's a, um, what can I do within the next um, three, five, ten years to learn the most amount of knowledge? And it's not either or. It might be, you know, you go to college part time and you run the business part time. It might be you go full time in the business. It might be you go part time on the business and listen to some ebooks, some podcasts, read a, a ton of books, whatever it may be. But add as much and plan out as much learning experience possible if it is an alternative route. So that way, when you wake up within five years, not only will you most likely be in a better spot financially, avoiding sort of the college, the the college debt and all those other, you know, horrible financial situations that college gets you into. Um, So hopefully being in a better spot financially, but number two, being in a better spot mentally and intellectually. Um, and experientially. And so that way you are, you basically set yourself up for more future success. Hmm. So, so um, I have another question in regards to that. Cause like um, so many people these days, I mean, obviously it's just the basic fact of life that, that excuses are very common to say, okay, man, some sort of to validate, yeah, man, I'm not going to do it because of this, this and that. Like, this is holding me back. Like, if this was not the case, I would definitely go into entrepreneurship. I would definitely be successful or anything. Like, I would definitely lose weight if I had uh, X, Y, Z. How do you approach excuses or how do you set a mind right when somebody is bringing up excuses in your business? Like, if somebody comes up to you and interview you just hired some dude, you know what, Jake, uh, we cannot do it because this is just, this is just here in a way. I mean, if that was not there, I mean, uh, come on. So how do you, how do you handle excuses? I mean, maybe you'll bring up excuses yourself. How, how is your t- approach to that? Yeah. So 
I would say um, excuses aren't absolute BS. You know, um, a lot of people have that mindset. Excuses are real and, and, and they make sense. But if you use an excuse to get out of, you know, getting something done or to avoid, you know, a certain work piece or, or reaching your goal, then that is absolutely, you know, that's BS. Um, you have to find, you know, excuses are real, but talking about them, worrying about them and using them as a barrier to entry or a limiting factor, um, that, that's just a waste of your time. And so you have to do something. And this takes me back to sort of our internal mindset within our team. You know, when someone comes to me and gives me some excuse for something, I tell them, you know, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. You have to figure a way to get it done. I don't care what it takes. Um, you, you just have to, you have to go around it because there are always going to be excuses. There's always going to be hurdles to jump through. Um, there's always going to be barriers in your way. You have to just figure out a way to get it done. And if you can't get it done, then someone's going to take your job or if it's with an entrepreneurship then someone's going to, you know, take down your company or um, if it's, you know, personally, then someone's going to beat you out for a position or just end up better than you. Um, and so no matter how large the excuse is, you know, whatever environment you come from or background, ultimately, um, and Gary, Gary V talks about this a lot, but th the market doesn't care because, you know, it, it, say if I would have excuse for a client, Oh, we can't get this client work done. Well, the client, the client doesn't give a shit about whatever excuse we have. They are only worried about if we were able to get it done or not. And so talking about the excuse or worrying about it or making it up doesn't do anything for you. So you, you just simply have to figure out a way to get things done. Um, and, and sort of have that mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. Um, you know, F the excuses, those don't matter. Let's, let's just simply figure it out. Hmm. Definitely. So, so, um, as far as I can tell, you seem to be like a very, uh, experienced guy and very, very talented. Um, how do you think, how, how important is it to have talent in, in, in entrepreneurship? Or do you think it comes basically more down to putting your, your head to the grindstone and, and working your ass off? Or, or uh, do you think skill sets and talent is, is a really important asset in this game to, to get some of those things down to learn the basic foundations? Or what do you think is more important? I think, I really think you need a combination of the two and not not a sort of of both, you need to be absolutely great at both. Because if you're just talented and don't pair it up with a work ethic, then you're never going to hit consistent growth. And if you just have a work ethic, but no talent, you're never going to reach exponential growth. And both are things that as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and as a, a startup company or even a larger company, you need to hit that exponential growth. And you also need to hit that, um, consistent growth and whether, whether whichever comes first really doesn't matter. But because of that, you have to have the talent and you have to have, um, the, the, the absolute drive and willingness to just work hard. And it, both can definitely be taught. Um, I would say a lot of people think work ethic can't be taught, but it simply can't, you, you know, um, and it, it's not something you're going to fix. Yeah. And it's not something you're going to fix within a day, um, or a week or a month, but it's something that if you truly put your effort into it, um, then you can accomplish it. And I think what, what people don't understand is it has to absolutely take over your life to have the work ethic you like, and not in a sense of you're always working all the time, but in a sense of you are always making the decisions that are going to put yourself in the best position to get the most amount of work done or work the best. And so one thing I do, um, I mean, my diet, my sleep, my workout schedule, um, even my social life, those all revolve around my business and, and, and sort of my entrepreneurial um, and endeavors. And the reason being, if, if they weren't, if it wasn't either or, or working in combination, then it's simply you wouldn't be able to have that work ethic. Um, and the same goes for talent where I'm consistently worried about well, not worried about, but trying to strive for and put more skills under my belt, learning the right things, um, applying them, actually learning those skills. Um, because 
you have to understand that as a business owner, you, you, you do have to have the talent because you could go in and work 12 hours a day. Um, but you know, you might, might, you might not be doing the right work. Um, and so talent's a little bit harder to teach, but I guess the best way to gain talent is to simply go out and get skills and practice them. Or you're just some sort of a random lucky guy like Michael Jordan and then you got something special here going on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I, I talk about this 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 next subject I want to talk to you at um where a lot of people are actually afraid of, but I think you can take it. You can handle your tough guy, dude. So um insecurities. I mean I mean I hear I, I always try to think of what is the If the listener going to when we uh, record this podcast, we're going to publish it and somebody's going to listen to it, a couple thousand people. And I always try to, to put myself in that position that they're going to say like maybe a few like, hey, man, yeah, easy for them to say, talk about these things. And I can't I don't have the talent. I don't have the work ethic. And what I think most people out there don't realize when we when we talk about uh all these big business personas like Gary Vaynerchuk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, you name them, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, like people have accomplished big things in their life. Uh, Grant Cardone wouldn't be another example, whatever. They have also huge insecurities and that's why they made it so big because they were able to overcome these and say, you know what, I'm so driven, I'm going to accomplish something with, with my life. And I'm sure you have something going on, you have something... Uh, maybe a, a point to prove some sort of uh, insecurity that drives you every single day. And I was just curious to know, like, hey, man, are you willing to share some of those things with us? We say, hey, man, I'm insecure maybe about this fact or that fact. And that's what I'm so driven because I think most people are just too afraid to face their own insecurities and say, you know what, I'm putting it out there and um, fight it. I'm going to be. Yeah, that's great. And I, I've listened to some of your podcasts in the past. I think your last episode um, spoke on a similar subject. Um, but. I would say, so I'm, I'm sort of fortunate enough. I talk about my competitive nature and my confidence beforehand that I, I don't have a lot of insecurities and because I'm so devoted to the business and the entrepreneurship. And like I said, the, the rest of my life revolves around it. Then those things that I would typically be insecure about, you know, whether it be some people are insecure about their physical look, their, their attractiveness level, um, you know, um, sort of the, the dating life and, and some other things of that nature or, you know, what people think of them because the, the business is the center of my life and everything revolves around that. Those insecurities tend to fade away. My one insecurity, however, is sort of, and it's, it's not necessarily an insecurity um, as much as a fear. It's sort of a fear of being average um, and, and sort of not living up to the potential or the hype. Um, that sort of surrounded me. Um, obviously, being a young entrepreneur, I get, as, as much as I get the flack from, oh, you need to stay in school and all that, I also, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get a lot of praise. And, and obviously, from fellow entrepreneurs like yourself, um, from, you know, parents, friends of parents, um, whatever it may be, um, I sort of, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to get the praise and those things. But what that does is put a, an insecurity on me to what if I don't live up to all this, you know, people tell me all the time, you know, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to do great things. I'm sure you're going to be a billionaire one day. Um, <laughs> things. And, and not that that's my goal. Um, and it's actually far from it, but it's, it's sort of not being able to live up to the hype and being average. And I always think I always have this insecurity of what if, of what if could go wrong um, and thinking, okay, what if I lost, you know, what if I lost my business tomorrow or what if I spend the next year and I realize that I hardly grow the business to a good level and I end up just wasting my time completely. Or my worst fear is actually, and I talked about this yesterday with my team. My worst fear is not that we fail as a company. My worst fear is that we become a six, seven figure company and that's all we become. Um, and, and we simply stay within our space and that's it. And not saying that we, we you know, we want to get to eight, nine figures and 
and take over the freaking world. But it's that I don't want to be average. I always want to be striving for more. And so I have this extreme fear, this extreme insecurity of, 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 of being average. I think all the time of, oh my God, like if my business fails, I'll end up having to get a job somewhere. I'll end up working there for, for whatever. And people will say, oh, what happened to Jake? You know, he used to be in the entrepreneurship game. Now, now he's working at the McDonald's down the street. And so that's really my biggest fear is that things could simply go wrong and that I'll, I'll end up being average and not live up to the, the hype and the potential that, that surrounds me. Um, and so the way I combat this is, well, I sort of use it to drive um, my own personal growth. I think I'm always consistently thinking, what if, you know, what if this is where I end up? And then I use that to sort of fuel my own uh, motivation. Yeah, that's some powerful shit right there. Definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm just trying to to create some re- relatability because I think uh, unconsciously we we all we we don't want to be average, right? Mm-hmm. We recognize that some part of our lives, whether we are aware of it or not, and I think most people just have to realize that they have something going on. They have to work towards it. Mm-hmm. So I really, yeah, I really agree on some of those points you said. Yeah, especially so. So moving forward, Jake, I mean, I, this was a really great episode so far. And man, this is going to go crazy. I mean, Trendsetter Media Company, I can't wait for you guys to, to, rock this, uh, to rock this planet and see what's going on there. Are you planning on, 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 on um, going international or are you just keeping it small for an hour? What's the grand vision behind that, that media company? Yeah, so the grand vision actually, and and right now we actually partnered with an agency out in LA that works with us on the marketing side. And so what a rebrand sort of entails is now we're going to be offering marketing automation and content optimization. And this is something that we sort of changed up for our clients simply because we want to provide the most value. And we saw that when we were offering social media services, email, um, web design, that yes, that was, that was proving great results. But because it wasn't a full-scale plan, building, doing absolutely the most in terms of the, the sales side um, and, the, and the efforts there, because it wasn't doing that, you know, we weren't able to provide the most value to clients. And we saw that the clients that we would sign on full-scale deals would end up with the most results. And so we completely abandoned the the... The, the one service side where we go into meetings with clients and we tell them what they need rather than them tell us what they want. And the re- we sort of reverse engineer their goals um, and then turn those into actionable plans. And so our long, I guess our long run vision is to act to, I guess internally it's to make the most of our experiences and our time and the work that we're doing um, for our team members. And, my, my focus is sort of divided. I spend as much time worrying about the business as I do the people within it and ensuring that they have long run growth. And then this isn't just some, some internship or this isn't just some part-time deal, or this isn't some company that they're somewhat involved with. And then they, they branch off and do their own thing and end up working at a bank. I am making sure that I put them within a position to where they can succeed well beyond this. And that, so that's, that's sort of what I'm most worried about on one side. The second side, as far as our long-term growth for Trendsetters Media is we want to be innovators. And right now our ultimate mission is to um, basically bring the most value to Kansas city and turn Kansas city into the startup epicenter of really the world. Um, we, we've sort of been working on that in the past. And however, um, I mean, you know how much companies rely on their marketing in order for growth. And so we want to bring that growth to the, to the amazing startups and small businesses and mid-sized businesses within Kansas city to start and then turn Kansas city into, you know, the next Silicon Valley or the, the LA in terms of a business environment. Um, and then as far as our, what's that? That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, our goal is to, is to one, make a profound impact within Kansas city and then start looking externally. Obviously we've had clients from Chicago, New York, um, LA, Miami, all over the country, but right now we're sort of focused on Kansas city. Um, our long-term vision, however, is to 
not be trendsetters media, but to be trendsetters and to turn that into an umbrella company for similar, you know, or um, sort of applying those things. So we're already working within voice apps. We're already working with, within augmented reality. We have plans laid out for AI. Ultimately, what we want to do is become a trendsetters um, holding company, have trendsetters media under that, have trendsetters reality or whatever we end up calling it under that and have, have those pieces and have them work in coordination to become a company that helps businesses apply those technologies, it helps um, users, trend spotters, helps the right people apply those technologies and, and sort of put them to use and learn them. Okay. Sounds amazing, dude, man. I'm excited for you. So Kansas City, guys, if you haven't been here, visit it. And visit yes, Jake, sure. call Jake. And, 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 and my last question is the following. What does it take to become a trendsetter? And clearly you are one. So what does it take? Um, ooh, that's tough. I would say it is having, and this was actually the quote on my last Instagram. We, we got the chance to meet with David Meltzer, who sort of gave us this advice. And um, I'm pulling it up right now because I don't want to misquote it. It is, to me, happiness is pursuing my potential with a positive, persistent, and consistent approach every single day. Um, and so if you have that mindset where you find happiness within pursuing your potential and then pair that up with the sort of the positive, the persistent and the consistent approach every single day, then that's how you truly become a trendsetter. Because, you know, you could spend all of your time looking at the, the upcoming trends and doing those things. But if you aren't pursuing that, if you're not persistent, if you're not consistent with it, if you're not doing it every single day and actually applying those, then you're not a trendsetter because trendsetters are setting things, right? You're just a trend washer, you know? And so being a trend spotter and being a trendsetter, if you want to be those things, you have to actually apply these advice and be a practitioner of it. Um, and so that's my best advice on that. Um, and I guess before I go, I want to thank you, Nick, for having me on. And I want to let the audience know that you have an absolute badass of a podcast host. Nick's doing some great things. Please go support him. Um, he, he, he reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and so that sort of shows to you that he's, you know, he, he's doing the best for you guys and for the audience he's doing whatever it takes he's he's cold messaging people on linkedin in order to get people within on the show um and so nick along with that if there's any value that i can provide to you or my team um please let me know yeah thanks man for coming on the show and then being so kind man so and where can people find you where's the best way to, to follow you on, on instagram or facebook or what's the, what's your main platform Yeah, so we're really just starting as far as our growth grows. You can find us on Trendset or on Instagram at Trendsetters X Media. Um, and the Trendsetters is without vowels. Um, along with that, our website is trendsettersmedia.com. Our new one will go live this week, but our, we also have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel that we're starting to grow right now as well. Um, and so I'd love to hear from all you trend spotters out there. Um, and obviously, if I can provide value to any of you at all, or if you have any further questions on some advice I've given, please reach out. Um, I love talking to people. I, I spend way too much of my day replying to random emails and LinkedIn messages. Um, but it's, it's sort of just something I like doing. Um, and so I'm not going to stop. Wow, guys, what an insightful episode here on today's podcast. What's the trend? I had a very interesting conversation with Jake. And if you did like uh, what you hear and you think like, hey, man, this guy, he really knows, he knows what he's talking about. And I'm sure he does. Um, please make sure to give him a follow. All his social media links will be listed in the description and also in the show notes as well. And um, yeah, make sure to check Jake out. Give him a follow. And rate this podcast because I believe this is the number one podcast for every entrepreneur, every designer out there. What's the trend? There are big plans for it. So please make sure to hit that subscription button, hit that that five-star rating button and share it and uh, review it. And uh, yeah, would be much appreciated. So let's get it going, guys, and see ya in the next episode.